On this staff edition of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we discuss the importance of manufacturer's instructions for use for supplies and equipment. Welcome to the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers, Trivalence. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable data insights, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 181 of the staff edition of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for March 8th, 2023, recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Sue Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC Podcast with John Gailey and Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. The ASC regulatory environment is extremely dynamic and the material provided in this episode is based on information available as of the date of recording. Joining me is John Gailey, the owner of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies and recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Mr. Gailey is the author of over 10 books on the ASC industry and a frequent industry speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So this is a special edition for staff in ambulatory surgery centers where we discuss a particular topic that is important in the ASC setting. And I'm a surveyor with HHC, and one of the things that uh, we, we are finding now, especially uh, in the last year or so, is that surveyors are, con- are asking a lot of questions about the availability of instructions for use for equipment and supplies that you might be using in the setting. So we thought it would be uh, useful to talk about this to staff and let them know what the expectations are for surveyors when they're doing a survey. So now let's talk about the instructions for use. To define instructions for use or IFUs, they are written or pictorial information provided by a manufacturer or supplier of a medical device, medication, or equipment to guide the user in how to correctly and safely use a product. And they are crucial to the healthcare setting to ensure that healthcare providers, patients, or caregivers use the products appropriately to avoid harm or negative consequences. So the instructions for use typically include information on the indications, contraindications, warnings, precautions, storage, handling, assembly, operation, maintenance, and disposal of the product. And these are not just the safety data sheets, I should Mm -hmm. point out here. So uh, they would include the safety data Mm -hmm. sheets, but that would only be one part of it. The IFU might also provide guidance on troubleshooting and emergency procedures uh, in the case of a failure of the equipment. And in some cases, the IFU might also include technical specifications or guidelines for cleaning, sterilization, or disinfection of the product, mm-hmm. which is, of course, is extremely important here. Yes. IFUs are important in the healthcare setting for several reasons. For, for example, safety, medical products and equipment can cause harm or negative consequences if they're used improperly. Instructions for use provide 
critical information on the safe and correct use of a product, including any potential hazards, risks, or contraindications. And for compliance, IFUs are often required by regulatory bodies mm-hmm. to ensure that medical products and equipment meet safety and efficacy standards. And that's one thing to mention that you you should be able to find those and show them to somebody if they ask. Even if you feel like you know it, you've yeah. always, you know, you've half memorized it, you have to be able to locate those. Or if you've had the equipment for 20 years, it doesn't yep. matter. You, you still got to have it. Um, liability in the case of adverse events or injuries related to the use of a product, healthcare providers may need to demonstrate that they follow the instructions for use to avoid any liability. And on a quality, from the quality standpoint, IFUs can help healthcare providers ensure that ensure that the products are used consistently and correctly, which can improve the quality of care and patient outcomes. So, speaking as a surveyor, I will tell you that um, that is like. One out of every 10 words that we say or questions that we ask of of, of people yeah. during a survey is, can you show me the instructions for use? Do you have the instructions for use? So if they ask you a question and you're stumped, just say, instructions for use. <laughs> That's, That's right. usually <laughs> the answer. <laughs> uh, just make sure you can find them. Uh, I've actually started doing this uh, based upon what happened in one of our surveys. Uh, I did a survey a couple weeks ago where uh, I just picked an instrument on the shelf mm-hmm. At one at a center that I was surveying, and said, "Find me the instructions for use." And to the to his credit, the guy that uh, was doing this, he said, "No problem." I, I mean, he didn't even flinch. He, yeah. he said, "No problem. I'll be right back." And I said, "Stop." <laughs> I said, "You, you clearly know exactly where it is." I probably. I mean, we, we have limited time during a survey, yeah. but he he didn't even flinch. Now, if he had like hesitated for a mm-hmm. second or did not seem like yeah. he knew what I was asking for, I would have certainly carried through on that. So, and then we also want to make sure that you're actually using them. Uh, I like a really worn copy of that uh, instructions for use. If you're, uh, we're going to go through all the different uh, regulatory issues on them. And, and uh, but for example, for uh, wave testing, if you uh, use a device for um, uh, blood glucose, that instruction for use should be immediately available right next to the machine. Uh, and have you know highlighted in there using the highlighter those important things that people need to know about mm-hmm. it. And of course, the staff needs to know exactly where those IFUs are at all times. And they and you'd have to have them available for everything that you use, literally every piece of equipment, every supply that you use in your organization. So let's start by going through. Uh, so what I did is I went through all the conditions for coverage here um, and uh, searched for references to manufacturers' instructions. And I use that as kind of a basis for, uh, especially when when you want to have the regulatory basis, it's always good to go back to the conditions for coverage. So let's start with pharmaceuticals. And the regulatory uh, section for this is 41648A, which is a standard for administration of drugs. And drugs, in this states that drugs must be prepared and administered according to established policy, policies and acceptable standards of practice. So, Sue, why don't you tell us the interpretive guidelines for this section? Okay. The ASC must have policies and procedures designed to promote medication administration consistent with acceptable standards of practice. The policies and procedures should address issues including but not limited to following the manufacturer's label, including sorting drugs and biologicals as directed, disposing of expired medications in a timely manner, using single-dose vials of medication for one ASC patient only. So again, very specifically Mm -hmm. right in the interpreted guidelines there, it talks about the manufacturer's, it says in this case the manufacturer's label, but of course that also refers to the instructions. Moving on to equipment, we're often asked what are the requirements for regular maintenance and inspections of all of your equipment. So they'll, they'll ask us, okay, what should we be doing with our generator? And the simple answer to that is, of course, that you need to read your instruction manual. 
So I remember we had a, uh, you had a client and I had a client that had a, a generator that was over 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not have a copy of the instruction manual. And of course the surveyor during a survey asked for it. They ended up having to have the, uh, they didn't, they couldn't replace it. So they ended up having the, the, the company that maintains the generator mm-hmm. create an instruction manual oh. for that, uh, that outlined all the, the care for that equipment, which is the best they can do. And that was acceptable in this case. Remember to have all of the uh, instruction manuals close to the equipment. And remember, if you're using an electronic version, how are you going to access it during a power outage? Uh, and this, of course, is particularly yeah. important in the case of a generator mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, if the generator is running, it probably means that you don't have access to a computer with yeah. that information that, that should be there. Uh, so, again, if you want to know what the maintenance schedule is for all of your equipment, and that would include your your emergency lights, your backup mm-hmm. lights, your exit signs, uh, all of those would be uh, dictated by the instructions for use. Let's move on to alcohol-based skin preparation, and this falls under 416.42, the condition for coverage for surgical services. And just to remind you of what that condition states, surgical procedures must be performed in a safe manner by qualified physicians who have been granted clinical privileges by the governing body of the ASC in accordance with approved policies and procedures. And uh, even though that doesn't really sound like it would be referring specifically to um, instructions for use here, it does say must be performed in a safe manner. So the interpretive guidelines for 1642 state. The use of an alcohol-based skin preparation in ASCs is not considered safe unless appropriate fire risk reduction measures are taken, preferably as part of a systematic approach by the ASC to prevent surgery-related fires. A review of the recommendations produced by various expert organizations concerning use of alcohol-based skin preparations in anesthetizing locations indicates there is general consensus that the following fire risk reduction measures are appropriate. Using skin preparation solutions that are one packaged to ensure controlled delivery to the patient in unit dose applicators, swabs, or other similar applicators, and two, provide clear and explicit manufacturer supplier instructions and warnings. These instructions for you should be carefully followed. Okay, and again, I was just trying to show some examples mm-hmm. uh, in the regulations that specifically reference this. And, of course, our alcohol-based hand rubs, that falls under 41644B, which is safety from fire. And this states an ASC may place alcohol-based hand rub dispensers in the facility if the dispensers are installed in a manner that adequately protects against inappropriate access. And, of course, then the interpretive guidelines go on to talk about that. Regular maintenance of ABHR dispensers as seen is seen as a crucial step in making sure that its dispensers do not leak contents and thus cause a fire. ASCs are expected to maintain these dispensers in accordance with manufacturer's guidelines. If a manufacturer does not have specific maintenance requirements, the facility is expected to develop its own policies and procedures to maintain all ABHR dispensers. And Sue, this is one of those areas that I've been having some problems with recently because Mm -hmm. uh, people, they're just so used to using these uh, alcohol-based hand rubs that they uh, they don't look at these instructions, and especially for those dispensers that automatically dispense yeah. it, uh, they have to be maintained. They have to be tested mm-hmm. periodically, and they need to be cleaned periodically, mm-hmm. et cetera. And people don't even know that those requirements are there, or replacing batteries uh, is another common problem. Probably one of my least favorite things to talk about, but one of the most common things we talk about is temperature and humidity. And that falls under 41644A, the standard for physical environment. And this states that the ASC must provide a functional and sanitary environment for the provision of surgical services, and each operating room must be designed and equipped 
so that the types of surgery conducted can be informed, performed in a manner that protects the lives and that assures the physical safety of all individuals. And again, the interpretive guidelines here for 41644A1 are very important because um, this is where they talk about the 20 to 60% relative humidity, but there is an important codicil here. So let's listen to what it states. Addendum D of the ASHRAE standard requires relative humidity in ORs to be maintained at between 20 and 60%. However, ASCs must consider sterile supply and medical equipment manufacturer's instructions for use regarding required humidity levels prior to any humidity level adjustment, such as to 20 to 60. Mm -hmm. Failure to maintain the manufacturer required humidity levels may void sterile packaging and result in medical equipment malfunction or failure. And of course, would also result in a citation from an organization. Yeah. So although you can follow their recommendations for the humidity and the temperature, you have to first make sure that everything you have in that that can be exposed to that is not compromised by, you know, the levels you've decided to set. And and it just is is general practice that mm-hmm. 30 to 60% yeah. meets virtually every piece of equipment mm-hmm. that, that's out there. Um, let's talk about sterile processing and high-level disinfection. Um, we've talked about this quite a bit on the the, um, the podcast. I don't want to spend a lot of time reiterating, but I do want to reiterate the important factors here. You need to have the instructions for use, the manufacturer's instructions for every single piece of equipment, for every single instrument that you have there. You need to be able to identify who the manufacturer mm-hmm. is for each, each yeah. of those instruments. And there. just a quick point, because a lot of times you have salespeople coming in or – the reps or or people that are repairing it, they tell you, like, say, for this humidity, uh, yeah. they say, oh, this is fine at 20. You have to get that in writing. You can't just take their word for it. You know, you have to – and they probably aren't going to amend what their instructions for use are, but you can't follow something that isn't in writing. Yeah, and actually, I'll give you a good example of that for a, a supply suit. There's a, a viscoelastic uh, that is stored in a refrigerator. I'm not going to mention the brand name, but it has an arrow on it that states that, and it's stored in the refrigerator. It has to be stored upright. in an upright position. And uh, often I'll go into a center and they'll be on its side, and uh, I'll say, "No, that you know, I need to follow the manufacturer's instructions right there in mm-hmm. the box." And they'll say, "Oh, don't worry about it. The manuf- the, uh, the the rep told me that it's okay." I said, "Did he put it in writing?" Uh, can I see that letter that yeah. says that? And, of course, there is no such thing. So um, so every single piece of equipment, every single instrument that's used in your sterile processing, high-level disinfection, needs to have an IFU. We will be asking for it during a survey. We're going to be relying upon that information when we're, uh, you know, observing the individuals uh, working in that area, making sure that everybody follows those instructions to, for use to the T, including, you know, measuring the appropriate amount of uh, disinfectant uh, as part of that cleaning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to point out this is not something you put into policy. A policy would say that you would follow the manufacturer's mm-hmm. instructions, not what those manufacturer's instructions are. Otherwise, you're likely to have to keep revising yeah. those every time you get a new product. And I think sometimes to show what you're doing, people either, if you're talking about a soak in a in a sink, you know, you might mark the sink with how with the different levels. And also, if it's something like a dry time or a soak time, make sure there's a clock or yeah, some means of uh, that you can prove that you actually know how long something is. It's, it's so funny you should say that because I uh, I just picked up online for like $2 for timers. Mm. Uh, we use them here uh, on the podcast for mm. our conferences so that we can time 
so when Lori starts to talk too long, because of course I never talk too long. <laughs> never. Uh, we can we have those beeps coming in. So I, I picked them up for two bucks. I mean, these things yeah. are not expensive and yeah. they're very easy to buy. Put them all over the place so that you can do proper timing. Um, Clear wave testing, uh, mentioned that earlier, but let me just reiterate that you need to make sure. Uh, so one thing to do is make sure that the manufacturer's instructions indicate that something like your blood glucose uh, is approved for use on multiple patients mm-hmm. and that it is approved for a CLIA waiver. And then, uh, of course, make sure that there's competencies performed on each of your employees and that they follow those instructions. Uh, make sure that, that those instructions for use are – that's one of those instructions that you can't have electronically. It's got to be really right next to whatever uh, test you're performing. And then highlight, as I mentioned, the important the, uh, the pertinent sections there. And again, for any other wave testing that you might have, make sure that everybody has been appropriately trained. And anytime you get a new product – and that happens quite a mm-hmm. bit for – Things like urine pregnancy, for example, yep. you're going to have to get the new instructions for use. So. Yeah, and I always make sure it's for multiple patients. So uh, just to kind of conclude, instructions for use are crucial in the healthcare setting to ensure the safe, effective, and appropriate use of medical products and equipment. They provide critical information to healthcare providers, patients, and caregivers, and help ensure compliance with the regulatory standards and quality mm-hmm. of care. Then definitely something that your surveyors are going to be looking for. So. It's been a long day and the surveyor has just left and you are exhausted and looking at the list of items that you have to address. You wonder, how can I deal with this and still take care of my patients? More importantly, you wonder, how can I ever keep up with all the regulations, standards, and accreditation requirements? How can I always be prepared for a survey and reduce my stress levels? Well, that's what Ambitory Healthcare Strategies does, day in, day out. We become your outsourced regulatory and accreditation resource. We can maintain your policy manual, develop your education programs, help out with fire and disaster drills, do your risk assessments, oversee your quality improvement activities, help run your quality improvement meetings and governing body meetings, and we can even prepare your monthly or quarterly financial statements and help you figure out where you are financially. We are a retainer-based service. We don't take ownership. We don't charge based on your revenue. We have one fixed monthly fee, and we can tailor your services to your exact needs. So whether you're looking for help getting over a survey, preparing for a survey, or looking for a long-term relationship to assist you with your ongoing regulatory and or financial needs, please give us a call at 585-594-1167 or email us at info at ahstrategies.com. That is info at ah-strategies.com or visit our website at ah-strategies.com. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, Trivalence, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Surgical Information Systems provides cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable insights. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies is the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. 
When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you are interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.